G'day guys. I know you're going to enjoy a look back on a wonderful and exciting time for the Holbrook Football Club, winning its 14th Senior Premiership and its first in the Farrah Football League. This episode is sponsored by the Holbrook Bakery and dedicated to the president of the Holbrook Football Club in 1964, Mr Jim McCoy and his family. Jim sadly passed away not long after the season ended. G'day guys and welcome to the next edition of the Glory Days podcast. Today's episode tracks Holbrook's attempt to win its first ever Farrah Football League Premiership. The Green and Yellows came close in its inaugural Farrah Football League season in 1957, but fell short in the grand final. Seven years later, they were to get another chance. Let's see how Holbrook fared in its attempt to win its first senior flag since 1955. There was plenty to get excited about in Holbrook as the 1964 season worked its way through pre-season ahead of the Farrah Football League. Three impressive recruits, John Cornish, Grong Grong Matong, Peter Jacob Waller and utility Colin Close from Burrumbuttock had the club extremely excited and hopeful of success. 23-year-old Close had already built an impressive playing resume, being runners-up in the Hume Football League as I medal three times including twice by just one vote in the two previous seasons, 62 and 63. Doug Priest, who later played at South Melbourne, explained. You picked up a couple of good recruits, Doug. I noticed the start of the year. Obviously, John Cornish, um, Cole Close and Peter Jacobs um, really topped up. What you already was a pretty handy list. Well, I think they really topped off our side, especially with Colin Close and, and, and John Cornish. They're great ball getters and uh, they knew how to deliver the ball and set play up, yeah. and uh, which was uh, really topped off our side, I think. Yeah. Albrook had experienced finals action in 1963, losing a thrilling encounter to Henty by just six points at Tamora. Colcan went on to beat Tamora in the grand final in 1963. Coach Brian Pryor was fit and injury-free. After a frustrating run of injuries the previous season and had put the grasshoppers through a rigorous pre-season. Fullback Henry Parker said Pryor was a great fit for the club. Yeah, Brian was a uh, really likeable uh, player. He was popular with everyone. Great mark and a great kick and um, everyone liked him and we, we wanted to play for him. I remember that well. Two impressive practice match wins over Southwest. Football League clubs Ard Leffen and Grong Grong Matong had the Brookers prime for the season opener at home against MCU. MCU had been experiencing a severe shortage of players on the training track, were ripe for the picking and Holbrook obliged with a 66-point win. Tony Emerson, Gordy Taylor and John McKenzie dominated. Up forward, Peter Warns with four goals and Della Hunty, two goals, dominated. The only downer was an arm injury to John Cornish. A confident Holbrook made the trip to the veranda town in round two and came home still without a win against Lockhart at Lockhart. Brian Pryor was best for Holbrook, with Colin Close four goals, Frank Warren's three goals, prominent. Henry Parker and Warren Black led the defence superbly in the 10-point loss. Next up was a home ground encounter with last year's runner-up Tamora. The return of John Cornish with four goals was enough for the Brookers to inflict its first ever win over Tamora. 
The final margin was 50 points, with best on ground David Ellis spooting four golds. Gordy Taylor, Peter Jacobs and Colin Close were outstanding. In an unusual circumstance, MCU had played out its second draw in two rounds as the season was shaping up as one of the most even in many years. A trip to McPherson Oval in North Wagga was next for the Brookers. Although always a hard, tough place to win, it was a game proving that way as the Saints led at half-time. However, a dominant five goals to one second half, led by coach Brian Pryor, Gordy Taylor, Terry Pryor and Jack Smith up forward, ensured a 21-point win for Holbrook. The Green and Golds had the bye next round, and by a way of a bit of good fortune, found themselves on top of the ladder at its completion. Colcan had inflicted the Rocky on Creek's first defeat of the season, which elevated Holbrook into that top position with a better percentage than the Rocky on Creek. The bye certainly did Holbrook no harm for its trip west across to Billabong with old rivals Colcan, who were in fourth place again behind Holbrook. A stunning first quarter that yielded seven goals set the tone for the day as Doug Priest six goals and four reached to Colin Close and Robert Delahunty that destroyed the Lions. Holbrook finished like they started, kicking eight goals in the final term to run out 76-point winners. This was Holbrook's first win in nine years against Colcan. The annual interleague clash between Farrah and Southwest put club football on hold, with Holbrook being very well represented in both games. Five Holbrook players, Jack Smith, Tony Emerson, Colin Close, John Cornish and Brian Pryor, who captained the Farrah League side, all played well. But it was a late flurry from Southwest that ensured it won back the Neville Nesbitt Trophy, with Tony Emerson one of the best on ground till a calf complaint had him taken off. Robert Delahunty was best on ground for the Farrah seconds as they lost by 21 points. Delahunty later in the year represented New South Wales against Queensland. Holbrook retained top position after a comfortable 35-point win over Henty, with Tony Emerson making a good recovery from injury to be best on ground. Frank Warnes, Peter Jacobs and David Ellis were other good players as just one game separated the top five teams. Next match was a beauty to complete first half of the season, with a huge home crowd turning up to watch the Rock Yorn Creek challenge for top spot. Inaccuracy marred the game, with Holbrook prevailing 9 goals 20 to the Rocky on Creek 5 goals 10. The Grasshoppers should have won by more after kicking 1-8 in the final term. Fullback Henry Parker kept leading goal kicker John Condon goalless in a superb display, while John Cornish and Cole Close were everything. Henry Parker explains his methods that worked well for him. Well, it depended on the opponent, but uh, generally with the big, strong fellows, uh, I played, like to play back shoulder so they couldn't use their body on me yep. and uh, give you the opportunity either to mark or punch the ball clear. So that was my theory. And Henry, when you were kicking out from fullback, what type of kick did you use? Yeah, good question. Robbie, I think I used a drop kick. Why not? This left Holbrook well-placed on top of the ladder at the halfway mark of the season and a game and percentage clear of the Rocky on Creek. The seconds were in third place with five wins. The Rocky on Creek full forward John Condon was the leading goal kicker with 33 goals, with Colin Close Holbrook's leading goal kicker with 16. A typical tough and rugged contest started the second half of the season with Holbrook defeating MCU at Mangapla despite kicking less goals than the home side. MCU, after trailing by 26 points late in the third quarter, 
stormed home in a slogging finish in heavy rain. Only one point was scored in the last 12 minutes as Holbrook won by five points. Next up, a trip to Robinson Oval in Wagga to take on the Wagga Tigers. Holbrook, in an excellent team effort, inflicted the Tigers' first home defeat of the season, winning by five goals. Peter Jacobs, Colin Close and Doug Priest all kicked three goals, while Tony Emerson and Henry Parker were superb in defence. The Brookers then made amends for its early season loss to Lockhart by overcoming a slow start to run away with a seven-goal victory after the margin was just three points at half-time. Three Holbrook players made the visit next door to the Holbrook Hospital after Peter Jacobs and Jack Smith clashed heads in a contest and Simon Guest took another heavy knock. Round 12 and the long road trip to Nixon Park tomorrow. The Ruse was smarting from a bad defeat in the previous round and had had a tough week on the track. It looked like another big loss for Tamora when Holbrook kicking with a substantial breeze slammed on eight goals to one to lead at quarter time by 45 points. In one of the most remarkable turnarounds in Farrell League history, Tamora hit back with a stunning brand of football to win by 29 points. Holbrook was still leading at the last change by 12 points, but had no answer as Tamora reciprocated the first quarter carnage by kicking eight goals to one. The Brookers still remained a game clear on top after Cole Cairn had upset the Rocky on Creek and then a bye for Holbrook in round 13 gave it some breathing space. Round 14 and a home game against North Wagga witnessed another terrible goal kicking display by Holbrook, kicking 13 goals from 39 scoring shots. After being four goals 20 at three quarter time, Holbrook finally found its range to add nine goals in the final 15 minutes to win by 70 points. Terry Pryor continued his great season with a superb game. A top of the table clash with the Rock Yoron Creek was next, and with five players missing, the trip to Yoron Creek was a real test for Pryor's men. It was another wayward conversion rate in front of gold, wasting the excellent work of Holbrook's midfield as they added one gold eight for the quarter. Trailing at half time, Holbrook played its best in the third quarter to kick five goals and regain the lead by 13 points going into the final term. However, the home side, led by John Condon up forward, who was relishing the absence of his nemesis from the previous round, Henry Parker, he starred, he kicked six goals. The injury list got worse the following day when star midfielder Frank Warnes suffered a fractured cheekbone playing rugby league for Holbrook. The injury had looked to have ended his season. John McKenzie was one of the few who played both codes. Mackenzie explains. The rules, they hadn't won a premiership, I don't think, since 55. And uh, the year before, uh, Brian Pry got us to the first semi-final yep. in the first grade up at Tamora and 63. And then 64, we sort of kept continuing on. And that year, a few of us played uh, both codes, which was sort <laughs> of... Uh, a thing to do in, in them days when, when Holbrook had both Australian rules and rugby league in, in, in a small town. And we lined up playing in the second semi-final at Cole Cairn against The Rock in the rules. Yeah. And the following day, uh, two or three at least of us that played in the second semi-final on the Saturday, we had to line up at Greenfield Park the next day on the Sunday to play in the Group 13 Grand Final against Cairncoven. Round 16 and a home encounter with Colcairn 
who is starting to find form the defending premiers and looking to secure a spot in the top four and reverse the first round result when Holbrook had won easy. The Lions ticked every box as they kept Holbrook to just two goals for the game and its lowest score of the season, winning every quarter in the 38-point victory. Terry Pryor, John McKenzie, John Cornish and Gordon McKinlay were the best of a bad lot as back-to-back -back defeats saw Holbrook drop to second place and its flag hopes diminished quite considerably. Buoyed by the news of Brian Pryor's reappointment to coach for another two years, the Grasshoppers bounced back to good form, defeating Henty by 48 points. Jack Smith, with six goals, led the way, with great support from Pryor, John Cornish, Henry Parker and Colin Close. The final home and away match was the last chance for locals to watch a home game, and the Hoppers did not disappoint in a high-standard clash against Wagga. Again, inaccuracy was a problem, with 4-14 kicked in a dominant opening term that finished at 14-25 to Wagga 12-8 at the final siren. David Ellis and Colin Close both kicked four goals. An interesting stat from the year was Holbrook's kicking for gold. 213 goals and 263 points for the season, and only seven out of the 18 games saw them kick more goals than behinds. This meant that Holbrook obtained the double chance with its second place finish. The Rocky Iron Creek were minor premiers and a game ahead of the green and yellow. Tamora finished third, while fourth place went to Colcan, who despite being beaten by Lockhart in the final round, finished just 3% ahead of the fast finishing Bulldogs. The Baz medal was won for the fourth time by 34-year-old Colcan star, Harry Gardner. Nine votes ahead of MCU's Marty Burke, Brian Pry with 10 votes and Terry Pry with 9 votes led Holbrook's count. The Verdon medal for second grade was a good result for Holbrook, with Ian Black and Bertie Haynes tying for third place with 11 votes. David Jamison from Lockhart was the winner. The Holbrook seconds finished in third place to set up a first semi-final clash with Henty. Wagga finished minor premiers with Lockhart in second position. The first grade best and fairest was a tight finish, with Colin Close winning on 38 votes two ahead of Terry Pry on 34, and David Ellis third on 32. Ian Black was a runaway winner in the twos with 48 votes. Bertie Haynes, 28, was second, and Gordon McKinlay third with 22. The George Burgess Trophy for the leading goal kicker was won by the Rocky on Creek's John Condon with 62 goals. Colin Close finished with 36 goals to be Holbrook's leading goal kicker. Meanwhile, in hockey, the amazing Holbrook women's team made it 10 straight premierships, going through the 1964 season undefeated. They went on to win 14 premierships in a row. Week one of the finals, and the focus shifted to McPherson Oval in North Wagga, where Holbrook eliminated Henty in the seconds by just two points, with fullback Brian White outstanding. Tomorrow gained revenge for last year's senior grand final loss to Colcairn by defeating the Lions in a rugged encounter by 23 points. Finals fever was through the roof in the Holbrook community, with the seniors making the trip across to the Billabong to take on minor premiers, the Rocky Oran Creek, with a spot in the 1964 grand final, the prize. The Brookers were almost at full strength, with just Frank Warnes racing against time with a fractured cheekbone, the only absentee. The game was a beauty, with the Rocky on Creek taking a two-point lead into quarter time before Holbrook reversed the margin to lead at halftime by two points. After both sides traded goals to start the second half, Holbrook took control with Brian Pryor unstoppable up forward 
and John Cornish and Tony Emerson bring it down back. It was a six goal quarter and the 31 point margin at three quarter time stayed the same at the final siren. Pryor was awarded best on ground with seven golds. The Brookers were first into the grand final in seven years and were now in a great position to win its first flag in nine years. Doug Priest said the win gave the side great confidence. I remember, well, up to half time, I, did, I got concussed in the second half and uh, uh, I do remember Brian Pryor kicking seven goals and Bob Delaney was coaching the Rock and I remember, I think Brian had kicked about four goals or something and uh, Bob Delaney said, oh, I'll go back on and stop this bloke and, and uh, I think Brian kicked another three after that so it didn't make much difference there. So we, we kept, from that uh, second semi-final wing, I think it gave the side a lot of confidence uh, and belief. Preliminary final day started well for Holbrook when the seconds marched into the grand final with a seven-point win over Lockhart with Peter Warren's best of field. Grand final plans were thrown into chaos when the seniors clashed between the Rocky Island Creek and Tamora ended in a draw at 7.17 apiece. With both Holbrook sides already in the grand final, a full-scale practice match was arranged between the sides to keep their hand and feet in. The draw did, however, provide a silver lining for Holbrook with Frank Warns set to make a surprise return from injury with the extra week to recover. Doug Priest said the draw may have worked in Holbrook's favour. Yeah, that may have worked in her favour a bit. I don't know, you never know with them things, but uh, I suppose give Frankie and a little bit uh, of extra time to get over his broken nose and that sort of thing. So, yeah, a little bit frustrating at the time, but it may have helped us a little bit. Tamora proved too strong in the preliminary final replay, winning by 29 points as a tied and injured plague, the Rocky Iron Creek bowed out after finishing minor premiers. A superb spring day bathed in glorious sunshine greeted players and spectators at a superbly manicured Mangapla sports ground for the 1964 decider. Unfortunately, in the seconds decider, it was Wagga Tigers who prevailed after Holbrook inaccuracy in the first quarter cost them dearly, losing by 16 points despite excellent games from Jim Wiggins, Bertie Haynes and Peter Warns. There was drama before the first bounce in the seniors when Frank Warns was asked to remove a specially made face guard by the umpires and officials. Holbrook won the toss and kicked to the Aubrey end with a strong breeze at its back. It dominated play but kicked four goals ten with Brian Pryor hitting the post incredibly three times in the quarter and Frankie Warns dominating his wing. Tamora fought back in the second quarter but they too were inaccurate as they kicked three goals eight to trail Holbrook by seven points at half time. Tamora did not kick a goal in the third term, but were holding Holbrook pretty well as they could not convert with the breeze. But three goals in the final five minutes gave the Brookers some breathing space and they took a 32 point lead into the last quarter. A Tamora goal was answered quickly on resumption after a superb bit of composure from Doug Priest saw him evade two defenders and send Holbrook supporters into raptures with the goal. Priest talks about that goal. I think I was uh, pretty lucky. I was, I was playing on Alan Block uh, and uh, the ball come down and uh, we both went for the mark and spilled to the ground and we, we both sort of hit the ground together and I think uh, my youth might have been in my favour and I sort of jumped up and grabbed the ball and ran around into an open goal. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty special furling and uh, took a 
bit of relief off everyone's mind for, for the next uh, minute. Good start for Tamora getting the first goal of the last quarter. They still trail Holbrook by 26 points. Ball up, slightly into attack for Holbrook. Simon Guest wins a tap into the region of Frank Warnes. Gathers cleverly passes to Brian Pryor. Kicks long into attack for Holbrook. Alan Block and Doug Priest fly for the mark. Knocked to the ground. Priest chases. Gathered. He gets around Block. Steps around another. And he runs in and kicks a brilliant goal. Holbrook regain a 32-point lead. Five minutes into the final term. But when Peter Richardson kicked his third for the quarter, Tamora got within seven points with over six minutes left. The Priest's sister, Marlene, who was one of many spectators at the ground, it just got too much. The tension was starting to boil over. Did you tough it out or how did you handle it all? No, I went and sat behind a big gum tree. <laughs> how long did you and sit behind the tree for? Oh, look, probably four minutes or five minutes. And then I, I came back, oh, it was about a minute to go. And I thought, I think we're safe. I think we're safe. Well, I hoped we were. <laughs> Under enormous pressure, a strong breeze and fading light, Holbrook defended magnificently with John Cornish, Henry Parker, Les Muller and Tony Emerson outstanding in defence. Holbrook defender Henry Parker reflected on the tight and tense finish. They did come back very strongly. I wouldn't remember the scores, but uh, I know we were starting to get a little bit panicky there towards the end of the last quarter and the thing I remember mostly about it is uh, getting a mark or a possession and kicking it out towards the wing and the guy I remember took a mark there was Gordon Taylor and uh, he went to have his kick and the siren went. Very relieved we were. Can't be too much time left now as Holbrook defend grimly hanging on seven point lead after Peter Richardson kicked three goals for tomorrow in five minutes. It's warm, it's a great spring afternoon. The game's on a knife edge. McKellar punts the ball half forward for Tamora. Oh, but Henry Parker, backing back, takes a very good mark. Last line of defence. Wonderful long kick out wide, and he finds Gordy Taylor for Holbrook. There it is! Holbrook are premiers for 1964. Supporters running onto the Manga Plus Sports Ground. Players are collapsing on the ground. They're exhausted. Both sides have given everything. But it's a green and gold to a premiers for 1964. When the siren sounded, Holbrook players collapsed in exhaustion with the army of supporters running onto the ground as the Brookers held on by seven points in an epic finish to conclude an epic grand final. John Macken McKenzie recalls just how tired he was at the finish of the game. So remember this day that uh, sat on the ground for a while, you'd have all the crowd coming out of course and then we all went into the mango dressing shed which is about as big as my caravan. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd was in there and they were all having a beer. I never had a beer till about eight or nine o'clock that night to tell you the truth. I was exhausted. Goal kickers were Brian Pry with three, Jack Smith two, Doug Priest, David Ellis, Gordy Taylor, Les Muller and Simon Guest all kick one. Tony Emerson, Frank Warnes, Henry Parker, John Cornish, Brian Pryor, Doug Priest, John McKenzie and Les Muller were named amongst Holbrook's best. Parker was rewarded in an unusual way, he explains. They announced the um, best player for Holbrook on the day and it so happened to be me. 
And I remember vividly, uh, I was given this lovely pair of black socks. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's an indication of what we were genuine amateurs of those days. The 28-mile trip home to Holbrook was a cavalcade of tooting car horns and happy supporters as celebrations under the football grandstand at Holbrook went well into the weekend and into the early parts of the following week. Mackenzie said it was a good time. After we got over the Saturday night and everything sort of settled down, we started to think about we better start celebrating this thing. We haven't won for one for <laughs> 10 years or something. <laughs> and we, we all, all us young blokes sort of got together. We used to go out the reserves in days yeah. and uh, have a few long necks and a ride a bonfire and have a bit of a yarn. And, <laughs> and that went on for a week. <laughs> While for Priest, it was a career highlight in a distinguished career. Doug, terrific career. You end up going down to South Melbourne playing at the highest level. Where does the premiership at Holbrook as a young 16-year-old um, rate in it? What's been a great career for you? Oh, well, mate, it sits right at the top, I suppose. I get this, uh, after I left Holbrook, I uh, uh, never played in another premiership till I um, came back to Walker Tigers, which is uh, probably 10, 11 years later or something. And... Um, yeah, so yeah, it's um, it's right up there, right at the top of the list. You know, it's sort of I suppose you're the first one you yeah. means the most to you, and um, and uh, yeah, it was very special. Final scores: in the 1964 Grand Final, Holbrook 10-18-78 defeated Tamora 9-17-71. The Holbrook Premiership team was from the back line: Tony Emerson, Henry Parker. John McKenzie, halfbacks, Terry Pryor, John Cornish, John Emerson, centreline, Gordon Taylor, Peter Jacobs, Frank Warns, half forwards, Doug Priest, Jack Smith, Colin Gilbert, the forward line, Robert Delahunty, Brian Pryor, David Ellis, the rucks, Simon Guest, Les Muller, Colin Close, 19th man was Ron Phyllis, and the 20th man was Warren Black. We really hope you enjoyed that walk back down memory lane. If you think you'd like your club, team or side's great sporting memory brought back to life, we would love to hear from you and create a timeless piece of history that lasts forever. Visit our website, yoursportmedia.com.